Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Beasley switch it in. The U.S. go up. What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra. Boyd will try a long hit. What a goal from Lloyd. This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. Texas. If you're a Verde fan, wow, what an amazing weekend and what an amazing kind of culmination of things. Uh, from the birth of this club to getting to the point where they're in the playoffs and get a first playoff victory. And, uh, yeah, it uh, came in kind of dramatic fashion. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Looking forward to hearing from people tonight, especially during this segment, at uh, 512-447-3776, 512-447-ESPN. If you are at the game, I just want to get some of the sense of what you felt uh, emotionally, up and down. It was a roller coaster. Two early goals for RSL. Uh, so, again, 512-447-3776. Would love to hear from you tonight. Uh, show is always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, our presenting sponsor on Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. So, remarkable times. For a fourth time being down two goals, Austin FC rallies. This time they uh, get the penalty kicks after Real Salt Lake down to 10 men. Thank you, Rubio Rabin. In the 53rd minute after Rabin caught Brad Stuver, this uh, was a challenge he should have pulled out of. Uh, he had no chance to get near the ball. Um, Brad Stuver, let's just say, provided some gamesmanship there, and I will leave it at that. Uh, and he even alludes to it a little bit. But it was a bad challenge, and it was a man carrying a yellow card. He had no chance to get near the ball. Sebastian Driussi, and he's my MVP pick. He led the way, carried the team. There's no question. A resilient bunch of guys. You got a bit of good fortune, which all teams need in the playoffs. And, of course, at the other end, you get Brad Stuver and penalty kicks, who did not have a busy night but delivered in the penalties. What a great story this is all all around. Austin FC Sunday night take on the winner of tonight's 8.30 p.m. FC Dallas-Minnesota game. So we're all going to be glued to that one. After this show, I know where I'm going. Who would you rather get tonight? I would also love to hear from you on that. Call in 512-447-3776, streaming at hornfm.com. That's also where you get the podcast of the show. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Soccer at Soccer Matters GD, Facebook Soccer Matters, and GlennDavisSoccer.com. Okay, that's the uh, shameless promotion, which you have to do when you have a once-a-week show. Um, I also want to remind you um, 
There are now Green Soccer Matters ESPN t-shirts. Go to lamontbrands.com. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. So how do you place this comeback, Austin FC fan? How do you feel when RSL goes up 2-0? Now, if you remember the show from last week, I told you that this was a very dangerous animal, Real Salt Lake. No question. And they proved to be. Um, it's, you, you, you're hard-pressed in MLS now to find a player like Sebastian Driussi who can pick you up like that. I mean, what a gem you have in Austin and lead you back against Real Salt Lake. So you were there. Take me on the emotional roller coaster. Uh, you waited. You were patient for Major League Soccer to get into your market. Where are you right now, Verde fan? We're going to talk about the potential matchup of either Minnesota or FC Dallas also on the show tonight. But let's start off here by just doing a bit of a recap on the game. So let's go four minutes in here. Um, Sergio Cordova, I think three or four minutes in, might be three. Uh, here's the opening goal of this game at Q2 Stadium. To Andrew Brody, who's a viable contender for player of the year at Salt Lake. And in it goes from Cordova. So that's 1-0, RSL. 15th minute, they're going to get a penalty kick. Cordova again. It is the apparently reluctant striker, Sergio Cordova, who goes for placement more than power. It had a bit of power on it, actually. It had power and placement. All right, let's go to Sebastian Driussi, though, who pulls back a goal in the 31st minute. This is big here because uh, hope and possibility restored. And by the way, who would ever count uh, Austin FC out? Because... This is the fourth time they've come back from a 2-0 result to get a win. Opposition scores the first goal. At times, this crowd can become very anxious and very quiet, and it plays on the players. Yes, Fagundes. Andriussi! Austin are back in business. And then, Driussi will hit from the penalty spot to tie it at two. Can Austin grab the lifeline? 94th minute. Triussi! Austin is still afloat. By the way, Eric Goodman uh, will join me from the Austin Chronicle in the next segment, and then we'll finish up tonight with Chris Bills from the Striker Texas. So these are two guys that have really put a lot of work into covering the team this year, and uh, we'll get their thoughts on this as well. Okay, so back to Driussi. Ties it up. Uh, you can't find a game winner. Ties it up in stoppage time, by the way. You get that penalty, so good fortune there, right? Let's think about it. What would the headlines be today if that penalty wasn't awarded, Driussi didn't hit it, and you didn't win in penalty kicks after overtime? Not going to take away from a good year, that's for sure. The 52nd minute red card to Rubio Rubin in the second half changed everything. Uh, Driussi stepped up in this game, no question. And I'm not sure the form of others is, is, is up with him right now. That's something that you hope elevates slightly and a little bit. I'm not talking about work ethic. I'm talking about form. Fagundes, Finley, Ring, or Rudy. Rudy didn't even have a shot in the game, which isn't surprising. Um, I did see the good tempo, but I just saw a few unforced errors that we're not used to. 
They had the fight to come back, led by Driussi. He had 12 shots, five on target, 83% passing percentage. Only credited with one key pass, but I'll tell you what. That's a very strange... Okay, so what does that mean? Um, what that means is you forget it how many times he hits a long ball and changes the point of attack. You forget how many times he plays out of pressure to get a team moving forward. And that may be three, four, five, six passes back. So I don't think you can just judge it on key passes. Um, he makes the pass that leads to the key pass a lot or, or quickly changes the shape of an opponent defensively because of his ridiculous range of passing. Um, so Austin's good. Yeah, they're comeback city, right? That's what they are. Two goals down, you win four times. You didn't technically win it during soccer. You won it in penalty kicks, but that's what the playoffs are all about. So they'll get the winner of FC Dallas and Minnesota United Sunday night. My plan is to come up to that game. So Austin FC against RSL. And don't, don't forget, 53rd minute on and then 30 minutes of extra time, RSL a man down. 68% of the possession to Austin, 38 shots to 11, 11 on goal to 4, 14 corners to 2, 59 crosses. So, you know, when RSL's got five across the back, they were pretty resilient. We have to do give that to them. Um, when they had five across the back, there wasn't a lot of space to work. And I, I know people were asking for more movement, but, man, when you're that deep, there's nothing behind this is the danger of falling behind teams who then get into a, a deep low block here. That's the danger of conceding the game's first goal. Um, Austin seems to find a way in these games to come back, Austin FC. 59 crosses. Now, what I did like was some of these crosses were hit with, with real power. They were driven in because if there isn't a lot of room to move and run, you got to drive crosses in and basically bank them off people's heads, right? Um, the driven-in cross was very effective. Now, there was a lot more movement on that, on the opening goal for Real Salt Lake. That was a fantastic goal um, from Cordova. Uh, driven-in cross, and, you know, he times it perfectly. He meets the cross in front of Gabrielson. There's nothing he can do. It's a flick to the far post. It's fantastic. It's a great goal. Brad Stuver, penalty kick hero. What I loved is you should have saved the first penalty for RSL. He was there. And you know what? He has got a short memory. That's what I like about this man. He's got a short memory. Turns around, saves all the penalties, right? Makes the big plays. And he has to have a short memory, too, because the way he's playing, off his line, a team that's aggressive forward, he's going to make some mistakes. So you can't let those bury you. And a lot of goalkeepers do get buried when they make a mistake. So the only kind of interesting change in the lineup was Johan Valencia. I think that's obviously to be a little bit more defensive against RSL instead of Danny Pereira. Um, that was a small tweak. That might have been an unexpected one for a lot of people. But very, very interesting. Uh Exciting game, memorable moment, great for the club. They've invested a lot, the owners. 
They're all worthy. The, the staff, the players have done a great job. Now let's see what happens next. Let's see what happens tonight with Dallas and Minnesota. And we'll talk a little bit about their uh, results tonight as well. All right, let's get some sound from Josh Wolf. Let's get his overall thoughts first uh, on this win, on this game, on this moment. Um, the game was a challenge. We, we didn't start terribly well. Um, it was a standard cross, and we don't deal with the first one, and we get behind, and the penalties, um, unfortunate. It was unfortunate for Johan. So right away, we're two down, 10 minutes in, 12 minutes in. Um, for, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, not a situation that we haven't faced before, whether it's at home or on the road. And um, the next goal is really important, and when we grab that one, you, you know, I, I think we all feel and, and understand that we're capable of scoring goals. Uh, but it was challenging. That's, that's a good group. They, they compete hard, and, and when they took a red, we, we took full, full advantage of the, um, of, of the sending off. Uh, it took us a little while, but, but um, we got that second goal and then obviously um, closed it out in penalties. All right, so there's Josh Wolf. Now, speaking of penalties, Josh Wolf had a lot to say about his goalkeeper, Brad Stuver, and the penalty kicks. Here's more from Josh Wolf, the coach of Austin FC. Yeah, we had three days probably where we were utilized the penalty kicks. We had a, some inner, inner squad with the academy guys out there as well. So, you know, trying to create any kind of form where there's a crowd and, and certainly some noise we brought in. So um, at the end of the day, you, you, you go through it just to get a, a familiarity with who wants to take it. But after 120 minutes, the first thing you, you ask is who's ready for it, who wants to take it. And um, the guys stepped up and obviously did a fantastic job. Brad was tremendous. And um, he's done that. Uh, his record on penalties, you know, in run of play is, is quite good. But um, that was pretty impressive. He, he probably almost had all four of them. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And, you know, for a goalkeeper like him, I, I just love the story of him being a backup and, and really taking over now, becoming one of the best goalkeepers in the league, uh, comes up with spectacular plays, is playing uh, off his line as well and building the game up. I, I mean, you think of the goalkeeping position and how that's changed. You think of the center back position and the additional responsibilities people have now the game has changed just so much but uh, hats off to brad stuver and the penalties and um onward and upward now it's uh, the winner of dallas and minnesota tonight at 8 30 p.m which is about an hour and 15 minutes away uh in new york at city field that's the home of the new york mets who were eliminated in the mlb um well had a downward spiral basically uh, New York City FC, nil-nil with uh, Inter-Miami. So that's on right now. That's happening uh, right now. All right, uh, let's go to Brad Stuver and, and, and Brad Stuver talking about penalties. What is it, though, about the, the makeup of this team that allows you all to, to really not flinch in those situations? Uh, I think it has all to do with just the experience that we've gone through this year together, um, really believing in one another, having a close connection and a close bond in the locker room. Yeah, everybody wants to be on the field and contribute in any way that they can, but no matter what, this is one group, this is one collective unit, and when called upon, each player needs to step in and kind of do what they need to do to get a result. Would you prefer to not go down 2-0, or do, do you all have to go? <laughs> I mean... I mean oh. All right, so that was Brad Stuver there. Good stuff from him. Um, so let me just take you into this. Uh, we do know one thing it's going to be either fc dallas or minnesota united so here's some of the results against them during the year all the way back in april maxi or rudy got a goal in a 1-0 win at q2 this is a very very beginning of the year at minnesota united august 20th two to one loss 
That's the most recent time they've played either against Minnesota United or FC Dallas. FC Dallas, first meeting with them was June 25th, if you remember that. 2-2 at home. There's a lot of hype around that one because of the in-state rivalry. It was a comeback draw, remember, after being down 2-0. Um, Driussi and Husson, Ariola and Cervania had staked out FC Dallas to the lead. So there you go. That was June 25th. July 16th, FC Dallas won one with Austin FC. Ariola and Fagundes again uh, were the goal scorers. Fagundes again, it's a comeback. It's a comeback draw again. So both times against Dallas conceded first. August 20th, played Minnesota and lost 2-1. to one. So for Minnesota, that was kind of the battle of uh, top uh, kind of Argentine playmakers, Emmanuel Reynoso and Franco Fragapani, um, and then a first-half stoppage time penalty kick from Sebastian Driussi. So in four games against Dallas and Minnesota United, one win, one loss, two draws, all tight games, all either draws or one-goal games for the teams that won. And uh, I think you got to look at this. The, all these teams are different teams now at this point. But again, it reminds you of the first goal importance in these games. I don't think any question. Uh, Kareem Benzema winning the first uh, Ballon d'Or for him. Now, how about him, how he's blossomed after Cristiano Ronaldo left Real Madrid? Alexia Puteas won it on the women's side for Barcelona. She's got over 100 caps for Spain. You had the El Clasico this weekend, Real Madrid 3-1 over Barcelona. Benzema cleaning up after an opportunity from Vinicius was saved by Ter Stegen. Valverde and Rodrigo, Torres for Barcelona. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Liverpool game, but that was dramatic up and down. 1-0, Mo Salah with the goal over Manchester City. And that loss by City combined with Arsenal getting a win over Leeds 1-0. Well, keeps Leeds, uh, or keeps Arsenal at the top of the Premier League. So Arsenal continues to be a good story, and uh, that's a good one to to keep an eye on with Arteta and uh, Arsenal becoming real players again in the Premier League. All right, let's take a break here. It's brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710 is their number. They're bilingual. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys. DaspitLawAustin.com. Car accident, boat, all these types of things that could occur in our lives. Well, you're going to need representation. You're going to need Good representation, one that'll work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. DaspitLawAustin.com, presenting sponsor of Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Eric Goodman of the Austin Chronicle joins us to continue to talk about Austin FC. I'm going to let this one play a little bit. Band called Hot Chocolate. Everyone's a winner. And right now, Austin FC is lying in wait for either Minnesota United 
or FC Dallas. You know what the league wants. I don't have to tell you. The league is certainly happy about LAFC and the LA Galaxy. By the way, talk about a team that's transitioned. LA Galaxy. Um, Caceres. Caceres. Brugman. Ricky Pooch. Completely changing that team. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Uh, call in number 512-447-3776. Always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. We're going to do a, a dozen minutes here with a special guest here who's been on the show before. Uh, before we get to that, though, I just want to quickly remind you about LamontBrands.com. Uh, I think you all know that pediatric cancer is my charity of choice. been working on this for a long time in a variety of ways with soccer uh, as the vehicle. I put out on Twitter, at Glenn Davis Sock, the green Soccer Matters ESPN t-shirt that you can grab for only $20. All the proceeds go to the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation for Pediatric Cancer Awareness, Fundraising, and Scholarships. So it's a shirt with a purpose. Get your LamontBrands.com t-shirt, Soccer Matters, LamontBrands.com. That's where you go. Click in the corner. Uh, they've got a mint green version as well. And, uh, again, a big thank you to Lamont Brothers. They, they print. They cover all the costs, including the shipping. It'll come to you quickly. Jerry and Mel Lamont, amazing guys doing this. Uh, it is the Soccer Matters Verde version. All right? With that, we bring on from the Austin Chronicle. Eric Goodman joins us now. Eric, how are you? Doing great. i got to get one of those shirts. I'll be uh, placing an order as soon as we get off of this. Oh, that's sweet. That's nice of you. Thank you. It goes it goes to a great cause and uh, some things bigger than us, but uh, I appreciate that, Eric. All right, so when you saw Johan Valencia in the starting lineup, were, were you tipped off to that, or was that a bit of a surprise to you? It was a surprise to me. Um, you know, it was, to me, almost, it, it felt like a scared move on Josh Wolf's part, and, and you make it basically to prevent what ended up happening anyway. So, you know, I, I didn't like the move. Um, I, I don't put, you know, a ton of blame on Valencia for the handball. I don't I think you could interchange him with, with any player. It, it's, a, it's a bad luck. It is a penalty, but it's bad luck on his part. But, um, you know, maybe credit Josh Wolf for, you know, at halftime making that triple attacking sub, not wasting any time to get those guys in there. And, you know, maybe they really did need every last minute because it took them, you know, Lord knows it took them till stoppage time to equalize. So we got Eric Goodman on tonight with the Austin Chronicle. We got Chris Bills coming on in the next segment. And, and, and I like these two guys because they're on top of this on a daily basis. They're doing great work. It's, it's so important for the game of soccer. Uh, it's so important for the Austin market to have great coverage. I also like the fact that you guys are just not wearing green sunglasses and you're not afraid to have an opinion. And I think Austin FC will appreciate that as well because um, healthy pressure is a good thing and Austin FC's got that. Not everybody gets that. All right, so two goals in the opening 15 minutes, Eric. You're at this game. Um, what are you thinking at that point? I mean, we were all stunned. It just, it just wasn't in the script. Uh, you know, it's RSL, like the assumption is, you know, they're going to bog down from the very beginning and try to get this one, you know, nil-nil to penalties, maybe try to, you know, spring on the counterattack, you know, after, you know, kind of lulling Austin FC to sleep. Uh, you know the the Simeone special, as 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 we come to know it. But um, no, I mean credit credit to RSL. They they saw an opportunity to really catch not only Austin FC by surprise, kind of catch you know the entire crowd and just about everybody in that stadium by surprise. And uh, 
you know, a little bit of, of just, you know, lot, loss of focus from Austin FC on the first goal. And then Ruben Gabrielson is, you know, could, you know, could certainly be in a better position to deal with that cross. Um, and then the second goal is just, you know, kind of good fortune on, on uh, RSL's part. And they get to the penalty spot. Cordova makes no mistake. And, you know, blink of an eye, it, it's two nil down. And the only thing I think that gave, you know, Austin FC calm and, and probably kept, you know, any, uh, you know, kept the stadium from getting too angsty was knowing that three times before in their season, Austin FC has come back from down two goals in that same position and either and one, and then even more frequently draw, you know, got level, which is all they really needed to do in this one to, uh, to force it to penalties. He's Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle at Goodman on Twitter. Um, no question about it. Um, I, I think Austin FC fans have witnessed it. They've felt it. They've seen these comebacks. But we always know who the guy who is generally the fulcrum of these comebacks, and he had a fantastic game, um, Sebastian Driussi. Um, what more can you say about him? Because, again, it was just like he was out there willing this team on. Uh, I know there was others. Everybody was working hard. The whole team has the spirit. But without him really kind of stirring the drink, I don't think this comeback's possible. I mean, he's the personality that, in any team, in any sport, you, you can spend years looking for trying to find a guy who has got the talent that he has and, and just the will to make sure that that talent's on display at every possible opportunity and rise to the biggest occasions. I mean, you see, you know, to use a kind of a baseball allegory, you see Aaron Judge have, you know, a historic regular season, but, you know, he gets ice cold in the playoffs when, when the pressure's really on. And, and Drew, he just seems to, you know, he's, he's just, he rises to every occasion and, and he really does lead this team attack defense. I think his, his defending is probably the most underrated thing about Austin FC. Um, you know, it never gets talked about, but uh, to see him tracking back and, and snuffing out attacks and starting counters the other direction, um, you know, it really is. And, and he's been available for every match they've played this year. So you, you really can't say enough about what he means to this team. And he, and, they really can go as far as he'll take them. And I wouldn't want to bet against, uh, you know, how far a guy like Teresi can take any team. Yeah. And I would agree with you a hundred percent. That's why he was my MVP pick because of the variety of things he do. He does the different thirds of the field that he plays in. Um, he brings you different things at different times, which to me is remarkable. And I'll tell you what, uh, he attacks crosses like a center, out and out center forward. I mean, th- th- there's no question about that when he comes late. Uh, I just think he's a fascinating player to watch. I think in Austin, you're fortunate to have him. Um, do you get the sense that some of the supporting casts are, are not clicking like normal? I mean, look, uh, obviously, Rigoni's trying to, to still get himself uh, involved in this league and figure a few things out. He had a chance that he probably should have put away. He also did draw the penalty, to his credit. Uh, yeah, no shots from Maxi Arruti, who didn't have a lot of room to operate. Um, Fagundes, Ring, uh, do, do you feel like they still have a little bit more to give now coming into the next game and that this gives you a little more time to get them kind of back to their best football and, and, and maybe eliminating some of the unforced errors via the pass? Yeah, I, I think that's, incredibly fair on all and I should have mentioned this when you asked me about Valencia but what I really like least about that move is by putting Valencia in the sticks you're forcing Alex Ring or you're encouraging Alex Ring to get forward as as you know an eight or a ten which I don't know how much more Austin FC fans can witness him either you know scuff a shot or or shank across it's just not his game 
And they, it's such a stubborn approach to try to shoehorn him into that role where if you just, you know, if you put somebody like Pereira there um, to handle the, you know, the attack and, and let Alex Ring be, first of all, the first line of defense and then the orchestrator from, you know, from that sixth position, I think it just opens everything up. Um, and then, you know, yesterday, it, you know, I, I mentioned stubborn. That's kind of what it felt like the entire, you know, once, especially once RSL went down to 10 men, it was just a stubborn approach as, you know, they've shown before. You know, get the get the ball out wide to the wingers and to the fullbacks, and just swing cross after cross after 59 crosses, and just wait for something. And you know, the second balls just weren't falling until one fell to Ragoni. That you know, fortunately for us in FC, he he was able to fire right into uh, the defender's arm and draw that penalty. Yeah, biggest uh, play Emilio Emiliano Ragoni has made for Austin FC. You know, I was a little I was a little bit shocked that people did not reflect on the last time that Real Salt Lake came to Austin. Everybody focused on the GT hat trick from the 60th minute on. But RSL owned that game up until that point. Their road tactics were excellent. They should have scored two goals in the first half. I, I just was a little bit stunned overall, even nationally, that more people did not reference the excellent game plan they had a couple of weeks ago when they came in under Mastroini and they got into the final third of Austin FC cleanly, uh, efficiently, and, and many, many times, they just did not have the finish. And then, of course, you know, Cordoba gets two here in the first, whatever it is, 14 or 15 minutes. But I was just a little bit shocked that people didn't reference that. They all made it sound like it was an absolute Austin FC blowout, which we know it wasn't. Right. And, and you're right. You know, they didn't score, but they certainly could have. And that probably, you know, turned, and, you know, we talked about this last week, you know, it probably turned a lot of people off from, from what, you know, they could potentially deliver in terms of a threat. Um, and maybe that's what Josh Wolf, you know, went back and watched and why he decided to play a more defensive midfield, even though it didn't end up, you know, denying the, the early goals. Who and do you want? Way, you know, yeah, are, go ahead, Eric. It, it, it really is, you know, without Rubio Rubin making one of one of the least intelligent, one of the most boneheaded plays that I've seen on a soccer field, you know, torpedoing after a ball that's way past him when he's on a yellow card. And, and you know, credit to Brad Stuver for making sure that there was, you know, no no doubt that the contact was going to be there. But, you know, if, 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 they, if that doesn't happen, I don't think Austin FC season is still alive. By the way, Brad Stuver said in the postgame presser, he said, quote, this is part of a quote, and I'm taking this out of a larger quote. He, he said, I just kind of stayed in there and got caught because he had mentioned they talked about it at halftime that he was carrying a yellow, and you know what? He helped get him sent off. I mean, let's face it, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's gamesmanship. You make something as ridiculous as that type of a challenge that you're not going to get to, well, I mean, sometimes you have to suffer for that, and it's these decisions or these one referee's call, everything gets magnified. Who would you prefer to get, FC Dallas or Minnesota United, if I put you in Josh Wolf's shoes? Well, I, I don't know if I fit in Josh Wolf's shoes, but if you want to ask me about, you know, the narrative, it, it has to be Dallas. You know, I wonder, I, you know, I wonder how much, you know, Josh Wolf, if, if there's any part of him that has any, you know, appreciation for that kind of thing, for not, you know, who's the better matchup, who's, you know, going to be, you know, more threatening to face or who's, you know, you know, who has the most talent. I wonder if any part of him does, you know, have some appreciation for what 
the narrative would be and, and what that you know rivalry would be. It's going to be uh, an incredible atmosphere no matter what. But my goodness, you bring you know a few thousand fans down I thirty five and you know make that make it a uh, an in, interstate Texas rivalry. Uh, and like you said, the, you know that's exactly what MLS is hoping you know to happen. So I, I hope there's a part of Josh Wolf that is up for that challenge and, and up to kind of. You know, they, they love to say grow the legend. I mean, that's how you do it. You, you, you earn the opportunity to play your rival in a conference semifinal, and you get it done. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he's uh, very up for it. Eric, thank you so much as always. Uh, continue to follow Eric uh, at Goodman on Twitter. Uh, he's with the Austin Chronicle. He does the Verde Report. Great young writer. Keep up the great work, Eric. Thank you so much for coming on as always. Definitely, Glenn. Have a good one. All right, that's Eric Goodman. Great stuff there. Away he goes. Up next will be Chris Bills. Uh, This show produced, as always, and presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. They are bilingual. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they're going to handle your case. They'll work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. You get in a car accident, boat, motorcycle, John Daspit, the Daspit Law Firm, is going to be there. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. From the Striker, Texas, coming up next, Chris Bills. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Daspit Law, Austin.com. By the way, right now, New York City uh, FC, the defending MLS Cup champions with the 1-0 lead over Inter-Miami Pereira with the goal in the 63rd minute. Coming up at 8.30, we will find out who Austin FC gets on Sunday at home at Q2 Stadium. FC Dallas getting set to take on Minnesota United. Uh, So uh, that's kind of must-see TV tonight uh, for Austin FC and Verde fans. DaspitLawAustin.com presents 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. Car, boat, motorcycle accidents, whatever it is. Um, if you need a personal injury attorney, there's none better. DaspitLawAustin.com. Again, that's 512-865-6710. They are bringing this game to you. And real quickly here, I put out on Twitter the Soccer Matters ESPN t-shirt that is in green. We also have a, a, a kind of a mint green one as well. $20. All the proceeds go to the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation for Pediatric Cancer Awareness Fundraising Scholarships. Get yours. Go to LamontBrands.com. Click in the corner. Right now from the Striker, Texas, he is Chris Bills. He's been a regular guest on this show. He joins us now. Hey, Chris, how are you? What's up, Glenn? I'm good. Yeah, I got one eye on this NYCFC match, and you know I'll have both eyes on FC Dallas tonight. Uh, yeah, to yeah. See who Austin FC is going to play, but let's uh, let's flash back a little bit to yesterday. Uh, yeah, no question well. about it. Chris Bills joining us here. Uh, again, one of these uh, very talented young writers really thoroughly covering Austin FC. So some initial impressions from you. Yeah, it was just an incredible, incredible night. And that's just, I mean, we should have known, I guess, Glenn, when, when it was one nil three minutes in that that's just how Austin FC likes to, likes to do things this year. It's the fourth time this season, the most in MLS history, the teams come back from a, from two goal uh, deficit to win uh, in a, in a single season. And uh, this team just showed the fight and the grit that we've seen from them all season. They went to DC United, did that. They they did it in Colorado. They did it at home against Sporting Kansas City, and then they do it against RSL in the playoffs. Of course, this one they needed a penalty kick, kick shootout and a couple great saves from Brad Stuver. But it just felt like it was written in the stars, didn't it, Glenn? 
It did. Um, their ability to come back, that resiliency, a great thing. Obviously, the, the spearhead of this thing is Sebastian Driussi. I was a little surprised that people didn't take Real Salt Lake a little bit more seriously. I heard everybody, oh, you know, they beat RSL 3-0 the last time. Did people forget that for 60 minutes, Real Salt Lake was very dangerous in that game, got into the final third repeatedly, probably scored, should have scored two goals in the first half. Yeah, well, I did, they did score two goals in the first first half. Of course, one was uh, was off that penalty kick uh, with, with Johan Valencia. I meant I in the was... game... No, I meant in the game three or four weeks ago when they oh, came to Q2. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I thought that was absolutely. a premonition of how dangerous RSL was. And I think that's what Josh Wolf thought, too. I think that's why he started Johan uh, Valencia, hoping to sort of break up some of those counterattack opportunities. And it didn't go that way. And I thought that, you know, he, he did well to, to make the moves he did at halftime, really put Austin FC on the front foot and – of course, Rubin going out with the red card didn't help matters for for RSL. And from there, it felt like it was all downhill. But Austin FC had so many chances, 38 shots. And, uh, it, you know, Emiliano Ragoni had a couple that I, I think he'd like back, of course, able to convert from the penalty spot. And PKs it all as well. It ends well. But uh, it, it looked like for a while there that Austin FC wasn't quite going to get the you know, get the goal that they needed to, to send it into extra time. And it would have been a real disappointment for how many chances and the fact that they played uh, up a man for, uh, well, what, 40, 40 minutes in, in regular time and then plus extra time. So almost 70 minutes uh, up up a man. And, and they only, they only did get the one goal, but that's all that mattered at the end. All right. Your headline in your article uh, on the Striker Texas was, um, kind of our trademark. It wasn't pretty, but Austin FC found a way past RSL. How much was right. good fortune a part of this? Because that is a part of the playoffs. Let's face it. It, I mean, it certainly good fortune was was a part of it. But uh, yeah, Austin FC tends to make their luck. They've been doing it doing it all year in big spots. Um, I think that. The fact that they didn't hang their head, there was no panic. I think that was all based on the fact that they'd been in that situation situation so many times throughout the year. Uh, they weren't worried about whose fault it was. They had, you know, given up the goals. They just kind of, you know, made the moves they needed to make and and kept playing until until the end. And uh, I think that that's how you make your own luck in the playoffs. Is you just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And I got RSL put in a fight, put in a shift as well. They just couldn't quite get to the finish finish line uh so uh yeah luck certainly a part of it but they also had their share of bad luck too with some of those chances that did that didn't hit the mark he's chris bills he's with the striker texas uh, at chris bills b-i-l-s on twitter all right so if they hadn't won this game what would the headline have been for you on your article I yeah, was I'm just curious. Uh, I was about halfway through writing the obituary, Glenn, when uh, when finally that penalty, <laughs> that last penalty kick <laughs> came, and I think it was uh, it was sort of like it was going to be that like, this one hurts. It, it was it, no matter what. I think we talked about it. No matter what, this is a successful season for Austin FC. But to go down two 0 in the first 15 minutes of your your home playoff game and not be able to to get it done would have been would have been a real gut punch. I think for for everybody involved and. Uh, luckily that wasn't the case and they get a, get to live to fight or fight another day. But yeah, we were certainly up in the press box, uh, right in the obituary when, when Sebastian Drusi stepped to the penalty spot and we just say, Oh, hold on here. This, this, this story might be changing a little bit. 
Chris Bills, Striker, Texas here. All right, uh, FC Dallas, Minnesota United. We're going to watch it at 830. We're going to find out who's going to be the Austin FC opponent. Certainly, from the standpoint of excitement, I would think most everybody would like FC Dallas. But from a tactical standpoint, a matchup standpoint, who would you prefer, FC Dallas or Minnesota United? From a tactical standpoint, I think that, you know, just looking at the numbers, I think you'd, you'd want to – and looking at the numbers, looking at the, the matchups, I think that Austin FC matches up better with Minnesota United. But uh, <laughs> I just heard Eric Goodman uh, on there. I'm about to go over uh, and, and watch this one with Roberto Silva, Silva, who's uh, my partner at the Striker, somebody I know you know well. And, and we're going to be rooting hard for FC Dallas because just what that would mean to soccer in the state of Texas I don't think can be denied. And I do think there's a part of Austin FC, um, you know, Steve Felipe Martin's out there, tweeting you just you just see the way that this team responds and and you know when they're challenged and i think there's a part of this team that that would relish the chance to go beat fc dallas for the first time in franchise history uh in the western conference semis so but i think fc dallas is 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 the better team and should win tonight i I think fc dallas is a dark horse to mls cup in my mind it's a little uh, there's just a little something around minnesota united and their collective defending that that to me a little bit scary. Um, they did get a, a victory over Austin FC. Both the, the uh, games against FC Dallas this year were draws, albeit I think these are very differing teams now, uh, including Austin FC at this point, because I think we got to go pretty far back to some of those games that were in April and June. Right, 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 exactly. Exactly, but, I mean, Minnesota United uh, hasn't been in the best best form. You say the same thing about about Austin FC. I think FC Dallas is in a pretty good pretty good form heading into this one. So that that'd be the worry. I think if you get an FC Dallas team that's firing coming into Q2 Stadium, but uh, I, it's the playoffs, Glenn. I think it's just all a matter of how you perform. I don't think that the the opponents, the matchups, and while they're important, I think that it comes down to to the grit and the fight and the 90 minutes and everything that Austin FC <laughs> was able to show. And, you know, we'll see how much of an impact those 120 minutes have. Plenty of time to rest up, though. So I don't think I don't think that'll have much of an effect. No question about it. What more can you say about Brad Stuver? Because uh, what I oh my gosh. I think I might have mentioned this to I might have mentioned it uh, to Eric, but but or I might have mentioned it in the first segment. But the thing I like about him, he's got a short memory. And look, the way Austin FC plays. You're going to make mistakes. He, he probably should have saved that first penalty, and then he comes back and saves a boatload of them. I, I just love, you know, how focused he is. I love his story. I love the story of being a back, back up for many years and now being one of the dominant goalkeepers in the league and a very assured man and one that makes plays. Yeah, I just put up, uh, you know, about an hour ago, two hours ago, a piece up on the striker, kind of all, all of what Brad Stuver said after that, that shootout, uh, some great introspection from him. And just the fact that, yeah, he didn't have to do a whole lot for a lot of this game. And he, you know, he said that every, every time there was a stoppage in play or, you know, between the, the extra time periods and stuff like that, he was talking to Andrew Tarbell and, and uh, of course, another veteran keeper in this league. And, you know, Tarbell was saying, there's going to be, you're going to have to make a save at some point in this game, you know, keep your, keep your head on your shoulders, keep focused and, uh, even though, you know, Stuver said he felt like a spectator for a lot of the second half, kind of willing the ball into the RSL net, you know, when when the spotlight was on him, uh, he ended up being the star of this game. He said it was the first time. Uh, I don't know if you see you've seen when they do the the drum beat uh, after after the match, so the man of the Correct. match gets a 
a little drumstick. Uh, he said that was his first one, which I thought was kind of survi- surprising. 35 home matches into this, maybe the, the fan favorite of all fan favorites. Of course, Diego Fagundes would have a say in that as well. But uh, Brad Stuber, that was his first drumstick. So, and well-deserved as well. The, the, the second save that he made on Ojeda was just incredible. One, one hand paused it up onto the bar. and the, the awareness that he had to not be celebrating that going in, and he was watching it the whole way. Uh, seeing if it was going to bounce toward the, toward the line, and he had it covered either way. It, of course, didn't. It wasn't going to roll all the way back. But impressive stuff from from Brad Stuver and no, uh, just no such question. an impressive guy. No question about it, Chris. Thank you very much, Chris Bills from the Striker. He's going to join Roberto Silva. Tell Roberto I said hello. By the way, Stuver yeah. also made that very very big save. I think it was on Brody. Uh, that'll do it tonight for Soccer Batters okay. here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Chris Bills, a big thank you to him for coming on. Eric Goodman of the Austin Chronicle. Uh, let's get ready for this uh, Dallas against Minnesota United to find out who's going to be at Q2. And by the way, my plans are to come up to Q2 for that playoff game on Sunday. Um, all right, podcast of this show at uh, hornfm.com. Presenting sponsor, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Don't forget, go to lamontbrands.com to get your green version of the Soccer Matters t-shirt. All the proceeds, $20, goes to the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation. And as always, a big thank you to Corey Guidry, Ty Henderson for their great producing. Corey, thank you very much tonight. That'll do it tonight for Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. We'll leave you with the police.